Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Wish America listeners, welcome to my 492nd ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and news items from this past week. Bizarre news items, that is. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the Patriots shutting out the Detroit Lions 29-0 yesterday in the Gillette Stadium debut for Bailey Zappi who played a solid game, to be sure. and uh, But it was really all about the Patriots swarming defense, getting it done, harassing Jared Goff to the nth degree. And, uh, of course, the running game was excellent as well. And uh, so, yeah, uh, good home game. I think uh, it was something Patriots and their fan base needed. Uh, They, you know, lost to the Ravens in their home opener. Uh, Easily could have won the game in Green Bay last week, which would have been uh, something special at, at the time. But as we saw with the Giants beating the Packers over in London yesterday morning, and by the way, Nothing better than Sunday morning football at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. That's for darn sure, especially when you get to see Aaron Rodgers. But I think what it showed is the Packers are are not at this point in time. They're not special. They're not what they've been, which is a perennial playoff team. Um, I'm sure they'll probably get there. History would say yes. But they're not there yet. But a week ago, it would have been uh, viewed as – an incredible victory with uh, Bailey Zappi coming off the bench, to say the least. So, uh, anyway, back to the Patriots yesterday. Just a fun game for Patriot fans to watch. And uh, I knew a lot of people that were there. I'm still a season ticket holder. And uh, I was not at the game. But, anyway, it was uh, just... A good, uh, a good, solid, dominant victory, which is, I think, what uh, the Patriots needed if they are to remain relevant. That's really what this is about. Uh, you know, they have been more than relevant for 20-plus years, to say the least, seven Super Bowl, six Super Bowl championships. I was including Brady's seventh down here in Tampa Bay. And uh, so, yeah, 
I, I think it was just, uh, you know, it was a Belichick masterpiece, um, you know, led by, of course, the defense, which is where he made his bones as Giants defensive coordinator back in the Bill Parcells days and winning Super Bowls for the G-Men. So, yeah, it was just good to see. Um, and, you know, again, there's hope. It's all about hope and being relevant to me. Uh, and speaking of that and losing hope, uh, that leads into my low light story of the week, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers dropping basically in un- to an unthinkable one and four record. I can't even remember last time that happened I you know grew up in western Pennsylvania we could be going back to 1969 perhaps and uh, you know when Chuck Knowles first year as head coach and drafting of Mean Joe Green uh, they had a rough first year and we all know the rest of the story but anyway they're one and four uh, and they just got absolutely blown out in Buffalo 38 to 3 um I was watching, just coincidentally, uh, walked into a Bills viewing party. (laughs) And luckily, I wasn't wearing my Steelers stuff. And, uh, you know, so I was keeping an eye on that that game, of course, and all the other games, particularly in particular the Patriots and the Bucks. And every time I looked up as the game went along, there's Kenny Pickett out there. And I couldn't help but think, like, as as the game was – fully decided from 24 to three to 31 to three to 38 to three. And I just couldn't help but think what was quarterback Kenny Pickett, the future of the franchise still doing in that game late, uh, which had already been long decided. I, I realize he's a rookie and he needs all the reps he can get, but nonetheless, <laughs> it would have been, uh, that's probably the only thing that could have been worse than losing 38 to three and dropping to one and four would have been to have Kenny Pickett get injured. And, uh, of course he was the first round draft pick played at Pitt. We all know the story. Um, and for that matter, I was surprised to see Josh Allen, uh, the all world bills quarterback in there, uh, later than I would have expected. Um, clearly at least after the game was long decided, Uh, And he was awesome yesterday. I mean, I want to give the Bills credit. They got a good thing going there now. It's been a long time coming, and it's arrived. And it was actually fun to see the Bills fans, the Bills Mafia, who are, I find, very likable. We all know about the donations they've made to various foundations and what have you. And, And, yeah, you know, they've persevered for a long, long time. And uh, here they are, uh, basically Super Bowl favorites, pretty much along with the Chiefs, um, at least super, getting to the Super Bowl in the out of the AFC. Um, I think this was the worst loss ever for Mike Tomlin. And I think what really jumped out at me yesterday was, uh, you know, they they really missed T.J. Watt, you know. He went out in that first game, and they were not lucky to win that game, but they could have lost that game against the Bengals to open the season. They could be 0-5. And uh, and T.J. Watt is, you know, last year's 
I believe, AFC Defensive Player of the Year. Um, and he's just the straw that stirs the drink when it comes to the Steelers' defense. And we all know the Steelers have always been built on defense. And uh, and I just think they're – and he had a knee, uh, a knee procedure, so he's going to be out at least – he's obviously out yesterday, maybe out another week or two given the procedure. So it's a little murky right now exactly what's going on there. But anyway, um, it was, uh, you know, a dark day in Pittsburgh, even though it was in Buffalo, to say the least. Steeler fans are, you know, uh, they're great fans. But, you know, they do have a tolerance limit. And one of them four is, I believe, starting to creep towards that. I know there's a lot of hope for Kenny Pickett. And by the way, very chippy. We saw the fights yesterday, brawl. I wouldn't call them brawls, but, you, you know, um, there was uh, that hit on Kenny Pickett uh, the, where the offensive lineman then, uh, you know, pushed down the bill, the Bills player. And then later, Kenny Pickett was hit again and pushed the tackler. And both got a lot of players out on the field. Uh, so I liked Kenny Pickett's chippiness, I really did. I mean, you know, I liked his attitude. He wasn't going to be pushed around despite being blown out. And I think that's a good thing. Classic Pittsburgh thing, shall we say. Um, My bizarre story of the week is the Tampa Bay Rays losing both games to the Cleveland Guardians out in Cleveland, including the just classic 15-inning, 0-0 score until the bottom of the 15th when I believe it was Oscar Gonzalez hit a home run, and that was that. And just like that, the season is over. And the biggest disappointment is that everybody here in Tampa was so, so excited, myself included, because it had the raise one, and they didn't come close. They lost first two, and they were eliminated quickly and immediately. And unfortunately, not painlessly. But anyway, uh, had they won, the Yankees would have been coming to town. And the Yankees, as most of you would know, are, of course, basically headquartered here in Tampa. Uh, Legends Field, right up the road from me, is where they play their spring training games. George Steinbrenner, when he was alive, lived up in Ocala. I believe his children are still there. And Ocala is about... whatever, two hours north of Tampa, if that. And uh, I believe, again, his children may be up that way. It's horse farm country. And basically, it's more than just Legends Field for spring training games. It's a massive complex right beside the Bucks Stadium, Raymond James Stadium, Ray J, as it's called. So it's a really, really cool, massive setup. I believe it is the Yankees' corporate headquarters. Long-winded way of saying, a lot of Yankee fans down here. That's putting it mildly. So the Yankee fans mixed with the Rays fans would have just been a great mix. The games, I believe, would have sold out. Who doesn't want to see Aaron Judge this year, right? I know I wanted to. And uh, so, yeah, so that's where uh, that, that's where the disappointment stems from. It just was so quick. And 
you know, the Rays really faltered in September. Their record was horrendous. Their offense, the bats went silent. Uh, I mean, they just looked horrible. But they do have a lot of playoff experience here in recent years. They're in the playoffs pretty much every year. So everybody, including myself, was just assuming they might be able to, you know, just turn it on uh, and, you know, win the round, even though they were all on the road up in Cleveland. And, uh, you know, get to the next round and play the, and play the Yankees, which would have been, I think it's the best of five, so it would have been, I believe, two home games, which would have been epic. So just sad that that didn't happen. Um, so other things of note yesterday, of course, speaking of Tampa Bay, you know, the Bucks did win, a much-needed win. They had a nice lead. I believe it was 21 nothing. Next time I look up, the it's like 21-15, and the Atlanta Falcons are on the comeback trail, and uh, that wasn't good. And, of course, everybody today is talking about the sack of Brady, which was a uh, basically sealed sealed the game. It was didn't look like a roughing the passer to me and to most of America. <laughs> and, uh, and because of that, it was a third down play with about two, three minutes to go. Uh, the Falcons again had the momentum. Uh, but because of that call, the Bucks had a first down. That was it. Ran the clock out. Falcons never touched the ball again. So uh, very controversial today, that's for sure. Um, and other games that caught my eye were, you know, the Gi- Giants and Saquon Barkley beating the Packers over in London, the Jets beating the Dolphins, Ravens Cincinnati on Sunday Night Football going right down to the wire um, with Justin Tucker, all-world kicker. Uh, hitting the game-winning field goal yet again. He just he, the guy just doesn't miss. Period. Um, I've seen Adam Vinatieri do amazing things over the years, but Justin Tucker is uh, moving up the charts as the potential best kicker in the history of the NFL. Uh, I believe Vinatieri is pretty much there, but Justin Tucker is uh, nipping at his heels now. He just needs to win. Some uh, playoff games and or a Super Bowl, Super Bowl with game-winning kicks, right? <laughs> That's the difference. The only difference. And lastly, Eagles-Cardinals. Eagles go to 5-0, and the only undefeated team in the league. Cardinals seem to mismanage things where they clocked it with 22 seconds to go, potentially making the uh, field goal that at the end longer than it needed to be. They missed it. They lose. Eagles win. And that's that. So now, let's take our break. And next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. 
The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Inglehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on voiceamerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, doing great, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, thank you for joining us, as always. And as always, uh, in your coverage of SEC football, you were at another game this weekend, and uh, we're all done. Anxious to hear all about it. You're you're all all over the South, AP, this year covering the various SEC teams, especially a lot of few Auburn games. Uh, so, uh, tell us about your weekend. Yeah, this week, John, I was at the South Carolina versus Kentucky game in Lexington, and Kentucky should have been the favorite, and they were, but. Will Levis, their quarterback, had turf toe, so he didn't play. So 
So South Carolina had employed a young quarterback who's, you know, still trying to learn the position in the playing against these SEC teams. And they just didn't have enough firepower to withstand uh, South Carolina, who had Spencer Rattler. He's getting um, uh, more knowledge of that offense. And he had a, had a good ball game. He was steady in the pocket and made some nice throws. They had some good designs of plays where the receivers were wide open. So Kentucky, the, the young quarterback they used was Kai Sharon. So, but he made some nice throws and they had a nice touchdown play where they faked everybody out to the right and the tight end sneaked behind the defense. So, uh, straight to the goal line, a short, like a 10, 15 yard pass for a touchdown. But, but uh, it was disappointing for Kentucky. They tied it at 7-7. John, the first play of the game, uh, South uh, Kentucky ran a reverse play. The ball popped up in the air on the exchange, not from the quarterback, from the other player making the handoff. And South Carolina recovered, ran the ball inside the five. They scored the very next play. So it's 7 nothing for the young quarterback in Kentucky to start the ball game, which was great for South Carolina on the road. I get some momentum right away. Sure, and, uh, but Kentucky fought, fought back seven seven and a half time. But second half, they didn't have any explosive plays from the wide receivers. There was maybe I think three three to four uh, plays over ten yards, something like that. John from the wide receivers at Kentucky. Uh, Mark Stoops was really very disappointed in the support that his team provided for the young quarterback. He didn't feel, I believe, in in so many words, that the receivers were competitive on those passes that were in the air. And the offensive line, I think it ended up being six sacks. I believe South Carolina had four sacks on the season, had six that game. Well, that was not good, John. No, no, not good at all. And Kentucky was off to a really promising start. And, uh, you know, uh, recent weeks have not been good. Um, And Will Levis out for the game, I mean, that explains a lot. He's the quarterback. He's good, real good. He's big. And, again, he was off to a real good start this year, but I do believe he lost to the previous game when he was playing. Um, Ole Miss. Ole Miss was Ole a, a three-point game at, at Ole Miss. Oh, yes. Yeah, 22-19, yeah. I watched it. It was a great game, a fascinating ending, uh, you know, right down to the very end. Uh, and AP, I saw the South Carolina coach interviewed yesterday after the game, and he was just – ecstatic he, he called it like you know a season changing moment to get them on the right track and you know with spencer rattler at quarterback it's all about the quarterbacks as we know uh this could That's launch it. them this could launch them back into yeah. the steve spurrier era as becoming uh more relevant yeah. um yeah to say the least yeah john i don't know yeah i don't know if spencer rattler is a one-year player at south carolina where he's going to stay right. a couple of years. I, I'm thinking it'd be to his advantage to stay a couple of years there, really. But that's a decision only he can make, you know, with his team. Um, but I think it's to his benefit to be there a couple of years and play in the SEC and show them that you can be in the uh, best conference and and be highly productive. But that's something he's, he's got to make that decision, John. Sure, sure. Uh yeah, no better proving ground than the SEC. That's for sure. Um, and AP, how was uh, how was the crowd in Lexington? You know, we all view the Kentucky, and rightly so, as you know, a basketball program. It's legendary to say the least. Uh, but yet, you know, uh, the interest has been building for years, and it's always been good. But it feels like it's 
you know, when I watch on TV, it feels like it's kind of gone to the next level, SEC football level, and is just, you know, a great fan base. Uh, is, is that what you were seeing? Yeah, John, good, excellent crowd. They were excited. It was a Saturday night, and they have mm-hmm. tremendous tailgating. All the RVs and the parking lots are filled early in the day. And so, but, uh, John, you said the basketball school. Right. Uh uh, what I was going to say was, I wouldn't say that in uh, two close quarters of Mark Stoops, he takes offense right. at that. I think rightly so now because Kentucky's a good football program. He he's an outst- he's one of the better coaches in America. I tell you right now, Mark. He Stoops. is, and he and Calipari, John Calipari, the Kentucky basketball coach, of course, they had a little back and forth just a few weeks ago, if I remember correctly, along those lines. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, he took umbrage of that remark because, John, and I always tell this to people, I mean, you know, remember when Oklahoma, they were good, they went to the Final Four in basketball, and they were good in football, and, you know, right. Michigan is good in football, went to the Final Four in basketball, and uh, right. there's been a couple, you know, Arkansas, um, you know, had some good football teams, went to the Final Four in basketball, won the title. So there's totally. been some, pro, you know, Florida won the title twice in basketball, back to back, won some yep. national championships. So I always say that's a misnomer. I think I don't know why. I, I think that's a, a, something that coaches of the schools recruiting against that program like to tell recruits. But hey, John, there's nothing that's going to stop you from having a good football program or a good Correct. basketball program or both if you you can right. get the the right coach and recruit the players, you can be good at all sports. Uh, You know, those are the two that generate the the money is the football. Of course, that's number one and basketball and basketball actually can't compete with the money generated from a football program. So I think it's, it's a detriment for um, uh, somebody to promote that. You know, it's nice that you have a great basketball team. You know, the record speaks for itself, but I'm not downgrading any of my programs. Uh, Absolutely, to say we're it's just best to a have basketball both. school, you know. No, the, yeah. the game, and I in no way meant to diminish. That's why I'm curious. You were there, and I wanted your eyewitness account uh, to confirm oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. what we and many and mo- many others already know. Kentucky has arrived, uh, and they've arrived certainly long before this year. But you, you know, knowing you were there, yeah. I, I simply, and I believe it, it was Calipari referred to himself. Or Kentucky as a basketball school, which is exactly what I said, but right. I didn't mean to sound negative. I'm, I and I think many others are curious. Another example of this AP, a really good example that you'll relate to, Auburn. <laughs> you know, Auburn basketball Absolutely. program with Bruce Pearl is just big time, big time. Oh yeah, they're going to have another good team, John, this year. Right. Oh, uh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. They had one of the top NBA draft picks. And he said the best player in the country, um, but whatever it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a better place when they're all good. I'll give you another example. It's a really good one from outside the sec USC who brought in the coach from, uh, from dunk city down here in Florida <laughs> when they made that just amazing captured right. the entire country. Uh, you know, when they made that amazing run a few years ago, they're, they're still talking about it down here. Trust me. Um, oh, yeah. That's cool yeah, on the so, beach. 
the school on the beach, right? Right. If anybody's familiar with Florida, it's basically across the street from the Fort Myers Airport. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, right. and the Red Sox Spring Training Park. So it's a pretty interesting piece of real estate out that way. And uh, yeah, so the the examples go on and on. AP, they really do. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, yeah. It, I think it's good. I think it's good for the two coaches to be in harmony all the time, just promoting each right. other. I, I, that's exactly what I think. right. Bingo. That's why Mark Stoops got mad. I'm assuming, right? Because they oh, should be yeah, promoting was, each that, other. That's he, the way it he works. Bristled at those comments. Yeah. Mark, oh yeah. He you know, a, Mark's a pretty easy going uh, gentleman, but he just definitely bristled at those remarks, and he he voiced his opinion. Let it let it be known that. Kentucky plays very good football in the best league. Exactly. For which I give him a ton of credit. And just to state the obvious, Mark Stoops is the brother of Bob Stoops, correct? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Mark Stoops. And that Stoops family, you know, they're from Youngstown. There's Mike Stoops, he coached it. Um, he was the defensive coordinator for, at some time at Oklahoma with his brother Bob. And he became the head coach of Oregon. He's fired from there. Then they've been around. He was at Alabama as an analyst for a year or two or so. But now okay. he's, he's back at, he's with his other brother at Kentucky. So you got Mark as the head coach. Mike is, is his brother there as well at Kentucky. Right. Football coaching family in Youngstown, Ohio is uh, <laughs> premier football country. That's for darn sure. Uh, Bernie Kozar's from there, correct? Yes. Yes, I Bernie Kozar's from around, uh, oh, I forgot his exact town. I forgot the name of it, but he's Ohio bred. But um Right. Yeah, Stoops is from there. The Angelos, the DeBartolos. The DeBartolos, um, John York, uh, one of the, uh, yeah. who I know, one of the founding fathers, if you were, or one of the te- you know, one of the owners of the San Francisco 49ers as well, uh, with a, yeah. along with the DeBarto, DeBartolo family, a true gentleman, if ever there was one. Um, right. I mean, yes. So, Yeah. Great football country out there. Only two and a half, three, about three hours from where I grew up. So yeah, Youngstown is a, shall we say, a player in the world of football, to say the least. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, football yeah. country. Football country is right, uh, right up the road from Pittsburgh, kind of halfway between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Uh, and part of the reason, and, and Pittsburgh and Cleveland are close, and part of the reason, the history of that rivalry, Browns versus Steelers, is pretty epic. And uh, I, like I'm sure many people in Youngstown, are rooting for that to come back to its previous uh, lofty position, so we say. Uh, but AP, we're at the end of our first segment together. So why don't we take a break? And we still have a lot to get to on the other side. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. 
We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Soul Connection with Dr. K hosts a forum of expert guests that showcase popular topics that can impact the soul. Weekly, Our Soul Doctor connects with authors, medical professionals, and leaders that share expertise and testimonials. Check out our growing community on site at soulconnectionusa.com. Tune in to Feed the Soul Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, or listen on your time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're breaking boundaries this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav as we learn to hunt for and dine on the world's most unusual and unsightly yet delicious animals. Joining the boys is Chef Yia Vang, host of Feral, premiering November 28th on Outdoor Channel, and renowned outdoorsman and restaurateur Mario Calpo from Man Eats Wild. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we talked about in the previous segment the Kentucky South Carolina game that you attended over the weekend and South Carolina won. Uh, Kentucky quarterback Will Levis was out with turf toe, but lots of other great games as always AP. And I have to start with, you know, the Alabama A&M, the Alabama versus Texas A&M game, Jimbo versus Nick Saban. We all know about their off season, uh, feud and, uh, and AP went down to the final play. It was right there. Uh, I think they had two plays from the two, if I'm not mistaken. Texas A&M, that is, in Tuscaloosa. And they couldn't get it done. Uh, the final play uh, was a pass to, you know, right to the goal line, just inside the goal line. Uh, defensive back and receiver were, you know, Fighting for the ball, mixing it up. 
Uh, it was incomplete, and that was that. So, fascinating game, AP, to say the least. I'm sure Nick Saban was happy to win that one. Yeah, when you escape with the victory, John, when you have four turnovers, which is unusual for Alabama, um, that's a great win because you're trying to reach the playoffs, as always, at Alabama. Texas A&M has very good talent, John. You could see the receivers they have. They're big and they're fast. And A-Chain, the running back, um, I mean, they're, they're as athletic as anybody. But they can't seem to muster more than 20 points. I mean, that's, that was their average coming into the game, 20, 21 points. And that's what they came up um, that evening. So, um, but A&M, John, there's something going on there with that system, I think, offensively. Yes, I agree. Because how can you recruit five stars in this era of offensive football and you're scoring 20 points a game? Now, Jimbo keeps in young, but shoot, there's so many guys playing today, John, that are young, that are productive and helping their schools put points on the board. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I mean, you could keep saying that all you want, but you've been there for five years now, I think. So I'm not using that or keep saying saying that they're young. Uh, it's some type of excuse to why we're not scoring points. And defensively, they played fairly well. Uh, John, you can see they held Alabama to 24 points. Now, Alabama had their second-string quarterback in Jalen Mil- Milrow, but he's on scholarship at Alabama. It just ain't any second-string player. Um, so I, I don't let that – I wouldn't let that happen me from – scoring 40 points. I mean, it hasn't in the past. Alabama's got those receivers. They don't have any number one draft choices, John, as we know. They had four at one time. I mean, I think that might never happen again, maybe at Alabama or maybe just at Ohio State is a school right. that would have four or more draft choices in that position. Uh, you know, they had a couple last year, so a couple of these guys this year maybe go number one. But Alabama was challenged. I mean, they took the ball away from Alabama. They tackled that quarterback. He dropped the ball through an interception. So they caused those turnovers. It wasn't like somebody was saying, well, if we didn't fumble the ball, well, heck. I mean, they're after your quarterback. He fumbled it. It wasn't like he gave it to him. He didn't hand it off to him. He, they took it from him. So um, in Texas, A&M gave, gave Alabama all they wanted in that ball game. And Alabama's no field goal kicker missed twice. I'll have to look that up to see if Will Record had missed twice in a game. I don't know if he has. I'll have to double-check that. So that was maybe unusual. So they were primed for a close ball game, and it came down to the last couple plays within the uh, red zone. Oh, it sure did, AP. And, yeah, with the kicking game, it brought back, uh, you know, the, the bad memories of that being the only Achilles heel in the Alabama teams. Back a few years ago, they corrected it um, in recent years, and that seemed to, uh, you know, rear its ugly head again a little bit on Saturday night. Um, and AP had cost them, you know, they're now, they were pushed down in the rankings in the football writers' poll. They're number three in the country now, behind number one Georgia, number two Ohio State. So that's just, let's face it, that's just not something you see every day, which is Alabama dropping in the rankings in the quote regular right, season. Right. You just don't see that. Yeah, John. It's like weird. No, no, John, Wendy. Yeah. I was trying to recall this, John. Somebody asked, asked me about this, uh, poll situation where you don't win pretty when you, when you start to drop. And I, I'm thinking it was maybe 15 or 20 years ago. It used to be, if you won the game, you maintain your position, but I'm thinking no. 15, 20 years ago, it changed where if you didn't win by a certain amount of points or you struggled, right. they might drop you. Oh Yeah. 
Yeah. And then you add in the, you know, uh, the factor of, you know, teams you may have beat need to continue to have good seasons or, you, you know, you, you, you lose on that end because, you, you know, then your schedule is not considered as good. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it happens to you. It right. certainly happens to me where, you know, you're, you're literally rooting for teams that you don't like or, you know, given history, rivalries, all that, you, you know. Uh, right. You know, there's times I've, you know, um, no secret, I'm a Penn State fan, and there's times you find yourself rooting right. for Ohio State and Michigan and whoever else. Uh, that Penn State might have beaten that yeah. you want to win later in the season, which elevates for just this. This is just an example, which would elevate Penn State's position, but it goes on with every school in the country. So it's just weird. It's right, new. Right. It's a few years old. Yeah. It's complicated, quite frankly, complicated. Like I'll be yeah. watching a game and I'll say like, I'm, to, I'm programmed to maybe not root for particular Penn State rival. And then I'm watching a game and I'll like say, Oh, no, I want them to win <laughs> because yeah, Penn State yeah. already beat them. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, yeah, John. Many, yeah, many years ago, you recall the Appalachian State beat Michigan. I think oh, was yeah. the first game, possibly. So I remember where was I was. A big that day. roar. Uh, yeah, big, big roar at the Ohio State game. But as the season right. progressed, I've written a story saying that all those Ohio State fans they they thought differently because everybody was taking shots at the big 10 that they weren't a strong league. So they had to reconsider their position. And I always totally tell you the story about when Nick Saban arrived in Alabama, he gave a speech here in mobile. And what he said was uh, to a a group of Alabama and Auburn supporters and college football supporters that if Alabama and Auburn are not both good, then that game will not be televised nationally at the end of the season. So it's in everybody's, everyone's interest to have Alabama and Auburn be good. So that game would be televised. You'll get the notoriety and publicity and everybody is hyped up for the game. And the the players, uh, they they want to compete against the best. They don't want to play a team that hasn't won very many games and won't challenge them on the field. It's not exciting and it's not fun. But people, John, for some reason, and not only in the area of college football and college athletics, but they seem to vote, and I say vote, uh, you know, support somebody, against their own interests it's it happens to millions of people yes yes it does and what we're really talking about here is the phrase that we all know strength of schedule that's really what we're talking about that gets you know up goes up and down every week for every team uh for obvious reasons all that really matters is where is it at the end when the committee is taken in this into consideration for the college football playoff participants. Uh, but yeah, you said it per, per you said it perfectly AP at the end of the day, what Nick Saban was really saying is, you know, it was a backhanded way, not in a bad way, just a, you know, that like Alabama fans should root for Auburn a little bit and Auburn fans should root for Alabama a little bit. That's really what he was saying. Yeah. So that they're both good yeah. at the end and they're on TV and they're hopefully going, participating, you know, uh, to get in the in the college football playoff. Just that simple. Uh, AP, we're at the end of our second segment. They go so quickly. But uh, why don't we take a break now, our final break, and we'll get to a lot more on the other side. So don't go anywhere. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Did you know that millions of people around the world do not have children? And yet the personal and professional experiences of people without children remain largely unacknowledged across cultures and within our personal networks. Public and workplace policies, media narratives, and educational content often reflect an unconscious bias, rendering our experiences invisible. New Legacy Radio engages these missing conversations with the voices of our community and allies and through committed action for meaningful change. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call in expert, AP Studham veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is this Saturday at noon Eastern time when number 10 Penn State meets number five Michigan and the big house, both undefeated. AP, I'm fired up for that game. As you can well expect, I saw those two play in the 2019 whiteout uh, in State College, so great rivalry it should be a lot of fun oh yeah great great ball game john michigan is right up there uh what four or five right now they, i guess five, they made the right back. selection at the quarter, quarterback position mm-hmm. 
They're back so, AP. Uh, and Penn, Penn State, is, you know, they, they're undefeated, right? Coming off a of one bye week um, and undefeated. That is correct. They're both undefeated. So it's yeah, going to be so, fun. I mean, what what yeah, what better atmosphere? Two big Big Ten teams in uh, mid October undefeated and, and two blue blue bloods, Michigan and Penn State. Right in the big house, the biggest stadium in America. It's going to be great. I'm really excited, and uh, it's going to be fun. But you know, I'll tell you, what was fun if you live in Tennessee. <laughs> was uh, and I was up that way not all that long ago. Uh, was Tennessee laying it on LSU? AP. I mean, when I tuned into that game and saw that score, I, I, I like was stunned. I really was. In Baton Rouge, most importantly, uh, they blew them out. Yeah. Yeah, John, it was uh, – I knew – I thought that Tennessee would win that game. They were maybe a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I thought that was on the low side because I saw LSU up close and personal against right. Auburn. They had you only generated that. 85 yards of passing offense, even though they have one of the better receivers in Lee Boutte and some other people as well, and the good tight ends. Um, I, I just was not impressed with them offensively and defensively. They seemed to make some mistakes, particularly in the secondary. When Auburn – Threw for 337 yards against him. I said, Hendon Hooker, I think he'll have a big day. And he did. Yeah, he great name. For yards, but he had a couple of touchdowns, and they put up 40 points. Yeah. Great day for Tennessee. Great name, Hendon Hooker. I love that name. That just kind of sticks with you. Uh, you only <laughs> need to hear it once, and you don't forget it. And uh, no. a- AP, coming up this Saturday, I know if we – I talk Penn State, Michigan, given my Penn State allegiance, if you will. Uh, but, you know, Alabama at Tennessee, Neyland Stadium, Knoxville. AP, I think it's the biggest stadium, or biggest game in Tennessee in years. And I believe Peyton Manning uh, will be there in person. Like every big name associated with Tennessee is going to be at that game. I think it's going to be incredible. I think so. I think so, John, because Tennessee, although they're an eight-point underdog, I believe they have a serious chance to win that game. I I strongly believe in Tennessee. I agree. All you have to do is watch the LSU game and see what they've done all year long. I watched them beat Pitt uh, a few weeks back, and that was impressive. And, uh, and yeah, it was up 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 in Pittsburgh, and they traveled well. Yes. No surprise there. It's a drivable game from Tennessee. I just personally did the drive six weeks ago from Pittsburgh area down to Tennessee and Knoxville area. And uh, AP, it's going to be fun. I'm excited for that game. We're going, I'm pretty sure it's 3.30 on Saturday. So it'll be back-to-back Penn State, Michigan, Tennessee, Alabama. Uh, AP, that's a good day. Oh, yeah, two great ball games. You know, in that game, John, against LSU, uh, Brew McCoy, the transfer from USC, also played at Texas or, or transferred to Texas for a moment. But he had 140 yards on seven receptions. You know, Cedric Tillman is their their best receiver of that group. He didn't even play. And then, mm-hmm. John, also, they topped it off with uh, the running back small, 127 yards on 22 carries. He had a couple of touchdowns. So there's balance in their offense. They have a couple of good running backs. And then Hendon Hooker himself, he he can get 50, 60 yards for you a game. So you have to go against him running the football. But he's he's on fire. Uh, he's he's definitely in the Heisman 
uh, contention. He's oh, yeah. in that race. Uh, he's, he's got, I don't know if it's probably upwards of 45 to 50 touchdowns in the last year and a half, only three interceptions. And that was from last year. So he doesn't turn the ball over. He's an excellent leader. He finds the receivers and distributes the ball effectively. And I mean, I'm a strong believer in Tennessee. Now, defensively, John, there's one thing that it kind of grabs your attention. They gave up 453 yards in the air uh, thrown by Anthony Richardson of Florida. And then he had another 56 yards. So he had a 500-yard day, but they lost the game. They held, they, they held him to was it 32 points, I think, or 33. It was a 38-33 game. I think that was the final score when they played a few weeks ago. So Tennessee's defense. But, John, it just takes a few plays on defense, right? You tip the ball. You get the quarterback to, to fumble it. Maybe on a sack, you intercept the pass. You block a kick. You run a punt back or a kickoff back. I mean, those are the things that are going to be winning a big ball game for you, especially at home when yes. you can really get the momentum of that 100,000 uh, uh, you know, crowd up there. That's what it holds up at Nayland Stadium, 100,000 plus. And you just have to be good for that one day. You just have to be perfect with no turnovers, and your defense does a little bit extra than they've done in the past. And you can, you can uh, beat a team like Alabama – Bryce Young plays. I mean, he's coming back off the injury. Uh, Alabama does not have, the, like I say, a first-round draft choice at the wide receiver position, in my opinion. So you're not facing those four uh, number one draft choices like they have in right. years past. Unstoppable. And, um, <laughs> yeah, you've yeah, you got to stop number one for Alabama, Gibbs, the running back, the transfer from Georgia Tech. You can stop right. him, slow him down. And it's all dependent on Bryce Young getting the ball to his receivers and that the tight end of the two, number 81. He's talented, but he's not consistent catching the ball. But, John, he could outrun any defender in the secondary. He's long-legged at six foot five. He's quite a threat. He, he has a good day. Sure, sure. Way PC, AP, everything you just described is exactly a lot of what was viewed on Saturday night with Texas A&M, they did a lot of the things you talked about and, uh, you know, in your description of what Tennessee needs to do. And, uh, that's how it all turned out. Uh, you know, we saw how it turned out, went down to the final play of the game. And, uh, so if Tennessee does more of the same that Texas A&M was able to do, I think, uh, it's going to be great. And AP, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it the volunteer Navy, uh, that, goes to the games by boat, pulling up to the river right that's, beside Neyland right. Stadium. Uh, it's quite a scene. Right. It's a bucket list item for yeah, me be to see a game yeah, at Neyland yeah. Stadium. So, yeah, oh. it's going to be really, again, the biggest game in Tennessee in years. What else can, I, what else can we say? It's, it's definitely oh, true. Yeah. And I oh, did yeah. confirm it's and 3.30 in the afternoon, Eastern time. Yeah, it's in the afternoon. It's, yeah, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central, yeah. John, Perfect. one other note, their quarterback for LSU three for, threw for 300 yards, but they only put 13 points on the board. You know, if Alabama throws for 300 yards, they'll probably put more on the board than 13, I would say. I would say, you know, but uh, yep. I, don't, I don't know. It's going to be fun, AP. We're, uh, you know, I can't wait for Saturday, which is pretty much, I say that, you know, we both say that every Monday <laughs> for four months. This four months for football <laughs> season. Uh, AP, yeah, right. I want to thank you. Great, great input as always, and appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, John, thank you so much. My pleasure.
Thanks again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.